welcome. I'm so glad you've uh, made central worship a part of your day today. And uh, I pray that the music and the story were just right what you needed today. And I'm so glad that you've uh, tuned in with us. You know, when I was a kid, I, I had time to watch game shows on TV. And there was a game show that came on. It still comes on today, but but it's called, it was called Let's Make a Deal. Now, Wayne Brady is the host today, but he was nothing compared to about 30 years of Monty Hall as the host of Let's Make a Deal. Now, the way Let's Make a Deal works is people would come and they would be dressed in uncommon outfits and all this kind of stuff. And they would make deals with Monty all through the show. But when they would come to the end of the show, the, the one who had been the biggest moneymaker and maybe the second place would come and they would have what was called the big deal. And the big deal, Monty Hall would, would uh, show them three what he called doors. And they had a chance to choose what was behind door number one or door number two or door number three. And he, they would kind of think, what, what should I do to win the big deal of the day? And they would have to make a decision and they would say maybe door number two and Monty would try to talk them out of it and provide something else for them because he would build up the anticipation because of the risk of whatever door they would ultimately settle on. And then they would pick their door and what he might do is they pick door number two. He may show them door number one first and then they build up the anticipation once again. But then they would they would make their door selection, and that's what they would have to live with. And hopefully it was the big deal of the day. And, you know, uh, that was the risk to pick that door. Well, Jesus said, I am the door. And he is the one that we risk to go through that door with. And so we've been talking about these statements that Jesus have, has made, the I am statements. There's seven of them out of John's Gospel we, uh, last week, Alan did a great job of talking, I am the light of the world. We talked about, I am the resurrection and the life. We talked about, I am the bread of life. Well, we come today to John chapter 10. So get your devices or your Bibles and turn to John chapter 10 with me. And uh, we're going to be looking at verses 1 through 10 in John chapter 10. And then I'm, I'm, I want to refer back to you, though, of what happened in John chapter 9, because John chapter 9 is the buildup of Jesus speaking in John chapter 10, verses 1 through 10. So let me read the scripture, and then I'll come back and tell you what was taking place in John chapter 9. It says this, Jesus is speaking. He says, truly, truly, I say to you. Now, anytime Jesus repeats a word, it means you can bank on it. I mean, this is authority that's coming. Truly, truly, I say to you, he who does not enter the sheepfold by the door, but climbs in by another way, that man is a thief and a robber. But he who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him, the gatekeeper opens, the sheep hear his voice, and he calls his own sheep by name, and he leads them out. When he has brought out all his own, he goes before them, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. A stranger they will not follow, but they will flee from him, for they do not know the voice of strangers. This figure of speech or this parable Jesus used with them, but they did not understand what he was saying to them. So Jesus again said to them, truly, truly, once again, authority, I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. 
All who came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not listen to them. I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly or super abundance is actually what the word is there. And that's what Jesus promises. Now, why did he make this statement and what was the setting? Well, we go back to John chapter 9. So let me kind of build up uh, what was taking place. In John chapter 9, there was a, a man who had been born blind and he was begging probably in the community area, the synagogue area, and people would come by and give him money. Well, Jesus comes by one day and he sees this man who has been born blind, okay? And he talks to him and what he does is he takes, he bows down, gets some mud, spits on it, puts this plaster on this guy's eyes and he tells him to go wash in the pool of Siloam. So this blind man makes his way to the pool. He goes in, washes the mud off of his eyes, and lo and behold, he can see. He is he has perfect sight after that. He comes back to the synagogue area. The people see him and say, "Man, what happened to you? You 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 were born blind. Isn't that the beggar?" And he expresses that this man came. He made mud and he put it on my eyes, and and I went and washed, and I can see. So what they did is they took him to the religious leaders, okay, to the Pharisees, the religious leaders, and they took him to them and they began to quiz him down because this happened on the Sabbath. What happened? Who who did this? He he had not seen him yet. He he saw Jesus later on, but he had not seen him yet. He said, "This is what this man did." And they said, "Do not do not give glory to this man." And uh, they brought in his parents now. And they said, okay, was this your son who was born blind? And, uh, and they said, yes, he was born blind. But how he can see now, we don't know. He's of age. Ask him yourself. Because they were, they were fearful of these religious leaders. So they brought him back in. And they, they quizzed him once again on this. And then he talks smack to him a little bit. He says, what do you want to do? You want to become his followers too? And they, at that point, they'd had enough of him, and they put him out of the synagogue. Now, we're thinking, okay, they just booted him out of the building, but that's not true. Their whole life revolved around the community of the synagogue. It wasn't just a place of worship. It was also a place of community. And they removed him from that. He said he could not come back there. But Jesus now shows up, and he speaks to him about how that he is true life, and that he, if he would follow him... So what has happened now? This whole big uh, event has unfolded and Jesus has the audience of the man who was now has his sight. He also has the religious leaders and he also has all the people of the synagogue. And so now we see the scenario of what he is talking about. And he stands up and he gives them two different stories revolving uh, a sheepfold. Now, most scholars believe that verses 1 through 6, he is talking about one particular kind of sheepfold. This would be the one that is in the village, okay? And the one that is in the village would have multi-flocks that would come in there together. And uh, they would have a porter or a gatekeeper that would be there. And the way it works is that the shepherd of that particular flock, as they are going in the door into this multi-flocked sheepfold, he would take his staff... And he would stop one sheep, 
He would inspect that sheep like uh, I guess the enterprise guy does when he rents you a car. And he would let that sheep go in. He would stop the next sheep. He would inspect all of his sheep because he knows his sheep intimately. And he would let them in. And the porter, the gatekeeper, would watch over them through the night. And that's why he says anybody that doesn't enter by that gate is a thief and a robber that's coming in. And so the next day he would come, he would give his his call, and all of his sheep would follow after him, and they would go out. They may be gone for days out into the pastures. But that's the kind of uh, sheep pen that he's talking about here. Now, any time that Jesus would talk about shepherds, or they would talk about shepherds, they would know they were talking about anybody that led. Uh, maybe it was a priestly leader or a political leader. They would use the term shepherd because of what uh, the leadership they would be bringing to the people. And so when Jesus is talking about thieves and robbers, he's got these religious leaders right there, and he is talking about them. He is talking about they are the thieves. They are the ones that are pinning up people under guilt, under heavy bondage, under hostage situation almost, a fear. They would be uh, be intimidating the people. That's what these religious leaders would be doing. So this guy who was born blind has now seen the, the religious leaders come and they put him away from the community. And Jesus is talking, saying they're thieves and robbers. But notice what it says in the scriptures in, in verse 6. But they couldn't understand him. They didn't understand what he was saying. So he decides, I'm going to tell another parable. I'm going to tell you part two. And what he says at that point is, notice in verse 7, and he's going to say it again. He says, truly, truly, he says to you, I am the door. Now he begins to talk about another type of sheepfold that exists. This is the one that's out in the fields where they would take their flocks and they would be out there overnight. And as they're out there at those flocks, it would be either a cave or a rock-walled type of uh, setup that had an opening. And the shepherd himself would actually sleep all night in that opening so that he was the door. He was the protector. He was the uh, one that would oversee his sheep all night long out in the fields. And so he is saying, listen, I am the door. And he that comes in me, notice in verse 9, he says, I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pleasure. So it sounds like they're very similar, but they're two kinds of sheepfolds. And Jesus says that he's the door. Now, one of the struggles... Uh, that this man had, that many of them had, is they were under the yoke and bondage of these religious leaders and this Jewish system that was so strangling and wasn't giving life. Now, a door is something that you exit from, but it is also something you enter. And these people were in a place that they needed an exit door. Uh, let me give you uh, an example. They These people were put under a pressure of a work-based life. In other words, they had to earn God's favor. They lived under guilt and shame all the time because they could not measure up. Uh, another thought is, is they had a life of bondage. They were never free. They were intimidated. They were always under the threat of these religious leaders that we're going to bring on them. 
And then a third thing is they were under the, the condemnation, the fear of man that they always had this condemning that was upon them. And, and that's where these religious leaders had these people pinned in. And all of a sudden Jesus says, hey, I am the door. I am the exit out of that way of life. You know, today, uh, many of us are living in a type of bondage and hostage situation that we don't even recognize sometimes, but we are there. I tell you, uh, one is this. We're never good enough. Uh, people tell us you're never good enough. Uh, you, you, you try to do what you can to earn God's favor, not realizing that Jesus said, listen, you're never going to be good enough. That's why I've come to give you life. And so we walk under this uh, never good enough. Here's another one. We walk under this penalty of our uh, of the power of sin in our life, but it's also the penalty of our past. I see many people uh, that that are walking in bondage in hostage situation because of their past. Uh, they they they'll say things like, "Mark, if you knew what I did, or you knew what I have done before, there's no way that God would accept me." And and you know they've bought into that bondage thing. And maybe there was a, an abortion or a divorce or an abuse situation, and so they have condemned themselves. And Jesus says, "I am the door to be delivered out of that." He says, "There is." Paul said this. Paul, the follower of Jesus, said. There is therefore now no condemnation for those that are in Christ Jesus. But how many of us walk under that condemning um, way of life? Here's another thing that many people find themselves hostage to today is guilt and shame in their life. You know, there's certain times they're doing well, then they fall, they have guilt and shame that's all built up. Uh, listen, conviction comes from the Holy Spirit. Guilt and shame is from an enemy that uh, that is not the Holy Spirit. And then there's one other hostage that we find, too, today. And this one is so real right now. It's the fear hostage, um, the fear of death, the fear of punishment, the fear of the future. And the media just builds upon this, man. They, they want you to fear fearful. And there's many people today that are just feeling this fear and they've become hostage to it. Uh, I'm reminded what... Charlie Brown said one time, and he was pondering his plight in life, and Charlie Brown said this. He said, yesterday, for one brief moment, I was happy. But just when I thought I was winning in the game of life, there was a flag thrown on the play, and life dealt me a big blow. And that's the way we live life so much. We try to let our good deeds outweigh our bad deeds, and we find this pressure, and we're fearful, and we're intimidated, and we're walking in condemnation, and we're just bound up in this hostage situation. And then along comes Jesus, and he says, I am the door out of this. I am the exit door from this way of life. But you know, a door is not only for exiting, it's for entering. And there are four things I want to share with you that Jesus wants us to enter into with him. Number one is this. He wants us to enter in so that we find true life and purpose. Our, we were not meant to walk in the hostage bondage situation. He wants us to enter in. He is the door. He wants us to enter in to true life and purpose because he is the one who is the door. And he knows that our life has meaning and finds its purpose only in Him. The second thing about entering in 
is we find safety and protection. Now, listen, we live in a fallen world. I'm not saying you're not going to get the virus. Uh, You better take care of yourself. I I mean, I'm not saying that. But, But notice what it says in Scripture. He said that, if anyone enters by me, he will be saved. That, liter- that word literally means delivered, safe and sound. And then it says, and will go in and out and find pasture. That word in and out is a, is a statement that people used of one where you find safety and security. And that is what Jesus says. We find safety and protection and security in him. Thirdly, though, we find a relationship as we enter through the door we find a relationship with the true shepherd. You know, it's been said before that religion is man trying to reach up to God. But Christianity is a relationship where God reached down to man in the form of Jesus, and we can have a relationship with him. Uh, our sin had blocked that relationship. What Jesus did through the cross and through his resurrection, we are able to have that relationship restored. There's a fourth thing that we find when we enter in. It's we find true love and an overflowing life. Uh, Jesus said in John 10, 10, you've probably memorized this before, that the thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I come that they may have life and have it abundantly or super abundant. You know, uh, many people, we got to look at the context of the verse. He's talking to this religious leaders and he called them thieves and robbers. And he says, these religious leaders are coming to put a weight on you that they, that is stealing and killing and destroying your life. And he was talking to those religious leaders. But we know the motive behind that is there's this bigger enemy that comes against us all the time and wants us to stay in that hostage situation. But Jesus says, and he has the power to say it and the authority to say, I am the door. And anybody who enters with me will be saved, will be delivered safe and secure. Now, the question that we have is, is how can we know about this and how can we know that it's true? I'm reminded of a story about a man named Ule Bull. Now, you've probably never heard of that name of Ule Bull. Now, you may have. He was a Norwegian physician, but he was also an incredibly accomplished violinist. And he grew up in the 18th century, and he was out traveling one night. He got lost in a wooded area, and he came upon a cottage, and it was dark, and it was late, and he knocked on the door, and the man allowed him to come into his cottage. And as he came in there, after they had eaten for the night, the, the uh, man who owned the cottage, he took an old violin that he had, and he didn't know who Ule Bull was, but he, he said, do you mind if I play? And so the, the old caretaker there began to play, and it was kind of scratchy and everything, and, and uh, Ule Bull said, do you mind if I play your violin? And uh, the guy said, well, I don't know if you can do it. He said, I've been practicing for years, and you can tell I'm still struggling with it, but I'll, I'll let you play it. And he gave his violin to Bull, and he began to play an incredible, harmonious music. It was just beautiful. And it took the caretaker, and it brought tears to his eyes to hear the man playing so well. And it, he came to the realization that what made the difference in the two The old man had practiced hard, but he didn't know how to play. But it was in the hands of the master. It was the touch of the master's hand that brought beautiful music from the violin. Listen, listen, we are all flawed. 
We all struggle. But yet, it is when we are in the hands of the door, the master himself, that he plays beautiful music through us and we find the joy of true life. There's one last thing that I want to share with you before I just pray with you today. You know, a couple of weeks ago, we we were under tornado threat and uh, Cedar Park really got hit bad. There was warnings. They said there was tornadoes in, the, in that area and everything. And actually, the newscaster came on. It was reported to me that a newscaster said that if you're in the upper floors of an apartment, you need to go down. Now, this is in the middle of the night. He said, you need to go down and you need to knock on the door of someone that's down there and you need to wake them up and you need to go in there because you need to get lower down from where you're at. In other words, you need to go wake up a neighbor, even if you don't know them, and knock on their door until they wake up. And I thought about that a little bit. You know, we've all got family and friends um, that do not know Christ. They've never understood what it meant to exit out of a particular way of life and enter into a relationship with Jesus Christ. And, you know, I think part of our role for us that are followers of Jesus is we need to be knocking on the door of heaven on their behalf and saying, Lord, please wake them up. Please stir them so that they will come to know you and to enter into true life with you. You know, I know some of you today are probably struggling that you are walking in a hostage situation. The fear of this day has got you. Um, you are walking maybe under some guilt and shame or condemnation from your past. And you're thinking, Mark, is this really true? Listen, Jesus said, I am. That is the God part of it. I am the door. I am the way to come to a right relationship with the Father. When we do it on our own or we think someday I'll get it together, we will continue to struggle. But the Lord today is saying, I am the door. And maybe this is your day to say, yes, Lord, I want to exit of where I've been and I want to enter into a relationship with you. And that is our prayer. Listen, if that is your desire today, then our prayer is, is that you will respond to the Lord right now. But for few that are Christ followers, some of us still wonder, have we really, uh, are we really living in the fullness of life that he has for us? And I want you to know that it is a promise of the Lord. we got to remember, the thief comes to kill, steal, and destroy. But Jesus said, I've come to give you life and to give it to the fullest. I want to pray with you today. So bow with me if you would. Father, we have gathered today to lift up your name. And we will continue to worship in just a few moments. But, Lord, I ask that you would speak to us now. Lord, you are the door. And this world, uh, so much, Lord, wants to make us hostage. Hostage to the things we cling to so tightly instead of finding freedom and forgiveness and life and purpose in you alone. Lord, I pray that you will call us today and we will hear your voice and we will enter the door. And Lord, I also pray that we will be intently uh, uh, proactive in knocking on the door of heaven on behalf of family members and um, friends that do not know you. So Lord, thank you for your word today. Thank you that you are the door and you have not abandoned us or left us. 
And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.